0: It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here tonight. The Big Orange Hotline will take over coming up at 8 o'clock, so 30 minutes from right now on the sports animal. We have a busy 30 minutes ahead with talk of Tennessee's recruiting class, the Vols have a big game coming up on Saturday in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. Tennessee's first few weeks of the season have not gone how Tennessee's coaching staff, how the players, how fans had hoped that they would go. But if Tennessee can go win at Florida this week, it could help make up for what has been a disappointing start. Jesse Simonson of AllQuest is going to stop by the show in just a moment to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about a few of the freshmen who are playing for Tennessee, especially at linebacker. In segment number two, a look at Henry To'o and Quavaris Crouch, the impacts they've been able to make. To'o is one of Tennessee's best players already on the defensive side, according to Tennessee's head coach. So some thoughts on those guys in segment number two, plus an update on Tennessee's recruiting ranking as the Vols lost a commitment last week with a defensive player switching from Tennessee to Louisville. Tell you about that coming up as well right here on Football Futures, every Monday night from 7.30 until 8. If you ever miss the show, you can find it online, sportsradiownml.com, as well as in the podcast section of the WNML app. And I want to welcome to the show now Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com, covering Tennessee football and recruiting. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, thank you for the time, as always. As we have discussed on the show the last few weeks, the start to this season is not what Tennessee hoped. It's caused some challenges for Tennessee on the recruiting trail, I'm sure. But if the Vols could go and get a win against Florida on Saturday, that would be big. What, what could that do for Tennessee? What could be the impact if the Vols could pull off the upset this week?
1: Yeah, I think it would dramatically change kind of what uh, Tennessee's biggest right now to date recruiting weekend during the season would look like, and that's the first weekend in October in Georgia. Um, you know, a top five Georgia team comes to town. So, you know, we've discussed this before the last several years, Josh. You know, one win, one loss, it doesn't normally, you know, ultimately dictate the outcome of a prospect's final decision. It may be be impacted in some way, but most of them take a much more bird's eye view of this thing. Uh, It's more about, you know, path to the field, relationships with the staff. Maybe it's a specific coach uh, that they're really drawn to. Um, and the winning and losing, you know, in the aggregate makes the difference. But one win, one loss, uh, you know, on a, on a given Saturday, you know, may, a, a guy's not even putting up thumbs up or thumbs down because of that. But it can impact and have kind of a domino effect potentially on just getting guys to visit and kind of building up that list. You know, Tennessee's set for the Amari Thomass, potentially five-star Eric Gilbert uh, and, and some other guys coming in on official visits. Uh, for that for that next home game, first weekend October against Georgia, you know, do those guys still come? If 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 Tennessee loses Saturday, um, I, I would uh, assume so. But perhaps the unofficial visitor list looks a lot different. You know, if you win, I think you may see some more blue chippers, um, whether it's officially or unofficially. Come check Tennessee out. That's obviously something we'll know, you know, a week or, or two weeks down the road now.
0: Well, Jesse, if Tennessee were to lose on Saturday to Florida, would the Vols coaching staff absolutely want a ton of recruits at the Georgia game?
1: I mean, that's a great question. That's something that, you know, my colleague Austin Price and I have kind of discussed both on uh, our podcast and then even just kind of off air, just and, and even kind of getting feedback from some from some folks at Tennessee. The plan right now is that you know, they're kind of sticking to you know, they want that to be their big recruiting weekend based on when you look at the rest of the home schedule. Obviously, they've had had three home games to start the season. None of them really had a ton of recruits at it. They did a nice job getting their commits back. I think that's been important, especially with the slow start to the season. So it's been good that the B.J. Ojalary's and the Harrison Bailey's, the Keyshawn Lawrence's, uh, and those guys, Jalen Hyatt, you know, have all made, you know, at least one, some two and three appearances. Cooper Mays has been at most games. So that's been good, but they haven't gotten a lot of unofficial visitors. You know, it's outside of Tyler Barron and Jay Hardy, two guys who were actually on official visits this past weekend elsewhere. They haven't gotten a lot of other, you know, big time targets, whether it's even Amari Thomas or Bryson Ethan in state or guys like Eric Gilbert and others out of state, you know, the big five stars that they're chasing. So I do think that that list could potentially be dictated by the outcome Saturday, but right now, as we sit, you know, a week out from the Florida game, the plan still is for that Georgia game to be kind of like, you know, their biggest recruiting weekend of the, uh, of the 2019 calendar.
0: Yeah. And uh, Jesse Simonton, volquest.com, Tennessee's coaching staff has to plan for all scenarios. They're planning to win the game. So when I bring up Tennessee losing to Florida, Tennessee's coaching staff is of course hoping to go get a win and then sell that on the recruiting trail. But uh, of course we bring up all different scenarios that could occur.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly right. I mean, there's a guy. Like, if Tennessee wins, there's a guy like Raheem Jarrett, who's already taken an official visit, continues to flirt with the Vols. But Tennessee, you know, perhaps has lost a little bit of luster there with the LSU five-star wideout commit, both because of its start to its season and the fact that, you know, I mean, LSU and this new offense has really, I mean, it's become an attractive, you know, target for receivers if they're going to continue to kind of throw the ball the way they did against Texas. They had three yards. Um, receivers in the same game for the first time ever. So you know, but if if, if Tennessee's able to kind of beat the Gators and and kind of a, as a two touchdown or or thirteen point underdog, does that kind of get you know his attention again? Would he possibly come down for a big home game? Uh, w- what about a guy um, like Kendall Dennis, who, who's kind of a, a cornerback Tennessee's been off and on with um, from down in the Lakeland area? They're still maybe looking for a cornerback um, spot. Could he you know potentially pencil in a visit that weekend? All that's obviously TBD, you know, depending on the outcome. You know, in, in six days in Gainesville.
0: Sure, and uh, with Tennessee recruiting in the defensive backfield, Lovey Jenkins did announce his switch from Tennessee to Louisville last week. Thoughts on that news, and then how that affects Tennessee's pursuit of uh, players in the defensive backfield.
1: Yeah, so with Lovey decommitting, I mean, you know, it. I think it made it all the more likely that Tennessee will absolutely add another defensive back in this class. The question is just, you know, who and. and Where will it come from? I I mentioned Kendall Dennis. Did the Vols kind of get back involved with a guy like Joel Williams, who they've been kind of hot and cold on? Um, He's the four-star out of Baton Rouge, who was committed to Florida, decommitted because Tennessee and Alabama had kind of gotten on him hard this summer, and he kind of slowed the roll. Maybe Houston's a bigger factor there. We'll see. But I do think that Tennessee's going to add another cornerback. Jenkins' decommitment was not a huge shock, but I think the timing was a bit of surprise. I think some of the staff, um, at Tennessee, was a little bit little, was a little bit split on him. Some really liked his versatility and speed. He absolutely is a kid that can run. Is a little smaller, but you know I think he may grow into actually being a, a you know nickel or safety. While others were not really sure of of how he kind of fit in the scheme. So you know he was getting more love from Satterfield and, and the Louisville staff, and so good for him. You know we'll see if he even sticks. You know he possibly that may not be his final decision. We'll see. But I I think that you know the fact that he did back off flipped immediately, Tennessee was already kind of looking at another guy because of Antonio Johnson, the safety, who had decommitted um, and is likely headed to Texas A&M. They were were probably going to add another defensive back, Josh. I think this move kind of all but sealed it. The question is now, you know, who becomes that number one guy?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Talking to Jesse Simonson of allquest.com, and you mentioned earlier keeping the rest of the staff, uh, or the staff being able to keep the rest of the class intact, Uh, and several of those guys at uh, Marietta High School. You have Harrison Bailey, B.J. Ojolari, Tennessee pursuing Eric Gilbert. So as you look at how the class has performed to this point, what stands out? And and if you want to start at Marietta High School there in Georgia?
1: Yeah, I mean, Bailey had come into the weekend as, you know, he'd been a rock star for three weeks. I think it had 10 or 11 touchdowns and just one turnover. Um, Ojolari, who's playing both ways, you know, some right tackle. Also, uh, obviously, that you know Marietta's big Ed Rusher had, had had a nice start too, and then they got you know they got kind of punched in the mouth on on Friday night against the Grayson team. Who that's where Wandy Morris came from. That's where Owen Papo, who's at Auburn, the five-star linebacker, Tennessee was heavily involved with a year ago. A lot of D1 guys the last two or three years have kind of graduated from Grayson. They have kind of rebuilt that program. They're a young team, a lot of 21s. They do have a running back that's going to Clemson. He was actually hurt on Friday night. But they stunned Marietta, which was, which was going into Friday night, the number one ranked team in the state of Georgia. Bailey had a rough rough evening. They kind of did a lot of drop coverage. He threw four interceptions, um, had just 200 yards passing. Fully would expect him to bounce back, but it does just kind of put in perspective that a lot of Tennessee fans are very excited about Harrison Bailey, uh, and with good reason. I mean, he's considered one of the better prep quarterbacks in this country. But with that, you're still going to have some growing pains, and there's going to be weekends like he had Uh, on Friday night, which is a tough night. Another guy, though, who continues to just kind of make plays, he's not one of Tennessee's highest rated commits, but Jimmy Callaway, another Peach State guy, plays both ways. You know, he plays a little bit of quarterback, also plays, uh, you know, he basically plays three positions for his team at at Morrow High School. I think he caught like a 70-yard touchdown, also had a couple wildcat rushing touchdowns through for a score. He's kind of the do-everything Uh, offense for him he was the guy Josh that when Tennessee recruited him and then got his commitment they were looking at him hard as kind of a cornerback which is part of the reason why they weren't so sure you know when Antonio Johnson decommitted even a little bit before that what side of the ball is Jimmy Callaway going to play on he still technically has been recruited as an athlete but he wants to play receiver the staff has been very impressed with kind of his first month of the season as kind of a slot playmaking guy he kind of has that wiggle and jitterbug that really Tennessee doesn't have on this current roster in terms of, you know, when you look at the receiving core is nice, but they're all kind of built like power forward. Can they get maybe, you know, one of those little shooting guards or point guards that you can kind of move around and do some fun stuff with? So Jimmy Callaway is off to a nice, really nice start to his senior season.
0: Yeah, Tennessee could use a little get-it-and-go uh, in the offense added in, at least I'd say moving forward, as they have some guys to replace at receiver next year. Hey, uh, Jesse, one more thing, and I'll get you out of here. Jesse com. We did see the, the two backup quarterbacks this past week, in a, a true and redshirt freshman, and Maurer and Shrout. Thoughts on, on their debut, as of course the quarterback position has gotten a lot of attention the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I wrote a big story on uh, um a, almost a little a, a, about a week ago. Kind of, it was titled, you know, what's wrong with Jared Garantano, and it kind of outlined um, using a lot of the data that's available out there with Pro Football Focus, some of the other advanced analytics just talking to some folks, you know, he was a guy that had been so good at throwing off play action throughout his career was also very risk averse for the first couple of seasons. You know, Jared has his limitations, but his strengths were fairly obvious and he had taken such a regression and step back those first two weeks. But in that piece, you know, I noted explicitly that the reason his job is, is in no danger and he's submitted as Tennessee starter is the guys behind them uh, just aren't ready. And while they may have some, you know, some tools and, and, you know, flash at times. Uh, Tennessee can't even decide which one is "quote unquote" its backup quarterback, and I think you saw why on Saturday, Josh. I mean, you were in the building. You know, Maurer. You know, I, I, he's got kind of a, a play great playground, excuse me, type game. Um, at times that works; at times it doesn't. He didn't complete a pass on Saturday. Pruitt thought he threw the one into traffic. Um, he did rush for a touchdown, and perhaps he could be an option if Tennessee continues to struggle. Uh, throughout the SEC in short yardage. Perhaps you run some of those QV powers, Q V sweeps with him, uh adding a little athleticism back there as the 11th guy that defenders have to take account for. Shroud is a guy that has a lot of arm talent, um, but just hasn't played a lot of football and and you know has a has a propensity to throw it to the other team. His first pass, you know, Brady Kennedy got away with one of the most obvious holds you ever call and ended up actually saving Tennessee uh because the guy, even though he got away with it, the guy ended up hitting Shroud late. That caused in that negated the interception, but I think Shrout was just three of nine. Um, you know, twenty. So Tennessee, those two guys are simply not ready, and and that's why uh, Tennessee has gone after you know a quarterback and multiple quarterbacks um, in this twenty uh, twenty class, and that's why Jarrett Garantano um, is in no danger of losing his job. Whatever funk he was in, he seemed he obviously performed better um, against Chattanooga. It's a big, it's going to be a big question. Tennessee needs him to kind of continue that that play that he showcased Saturday compared to the first two weeks of the season if they want to go into Gainesville and upset Florida
0: yeah I agree with all of that on the quarterback position I uh, I read that piece uh, last week that Jesse put together I recommend you check it out volquest.com on uh, what was going on with Jarrett Garantano those first two weeks of the season for Tennessee football coverage recruiting coverage volquest.com follow Jesse on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton Jesse good information as always really appreciate the time I'll talk to you again soon
1: absolutely thanks for having me Josh
0: Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com right here on Football Futures. Coming up next, a look at the impact of linebacker Henry To'o Three starts in his first three games for Tennessee and already one of the Vols' best defenders. Also, Quavaris Crouch looking to play a bigger role in Tennessee's defense. We'll talk about those guys in the freshman focus with Eric Kane coming up next, plus an update on Tennessee in the recruiting rankings. Right here on Football Futures, my name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. Because we have a transmitter, and you don't. 99.1, The Sports Animal. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. I appreciate you being here. If you ever missed the show or you want to go back and listen, you want to find anything from our station. You can find the show online, SportsRadioWNML.com, as well as in the WNML app. Uh, Sam Foreman producing the show will get this up as soon as it's finished. Coming up at 8 o'clock, then the Big Orange Hotline will take over at 8 o'clock here on the Sports Animal. Before I get to an update on the recruiting rankings, where Tennessee stands there in a very competitive SEC, as you've probably come to know, I wanted to hit a freshman focus and really focus on Tennessee's linebackers with Henry To'o To'o starting the past three games and already having established himself as one of the best defenders on Tennessee's football team it was telling that Tennessee had him meet the media twice last week once during the week and then also post game on Saturday and then Quavaris Crouch is a guy that is starting to get more opportunity at outside linebacker and defensive end really going after the quarterback for Tennessee both guys were very highly touted four-star, five-star recruits through the recruiting process and were big wins for Tennessee on the recruiting trail, it makes sense that they've been able to make a quick impact. I want to welcome into the show Eric Kane, who you hear every day on Sports Talk and the starting lineup covering Tennessee football practice for us. And Eric, you were a linebacker in college. I'm curious what you think of what you've seen from Henry To'o starting out there, why he has been Able to make such a, a big impact on Tennessee's defense right away.
2: I think so far Henry Tuilou looks like a seasoned guy that's played in college for a couple of years. Uh, you know, again, this is early on. He's very patient. Uh, he's very disciplined with his eyes. He's he's staying on his key whether it be the inbound on the line of scrimmage, if he's outside, whether it be the running back, whether it be the offensive guard. He's very patient. He runs the alley, meaning you know on a on a play that is slow developing to the outside or maybe an option. He runs, checks gap to gap to gap, and then, and then makes the play in the backfield. So um, very disciplined, has great feet. He's very smart. He's called some of the defense so far. Um, really looks like a guy that's been here for a while, and again, this will just be his fourth game. So uh, still obviously some room to improve. Uh, he's only 18 years old, but uh, very impressive, Henry T. so far.
0: Yeah, so with the way that he's been able to adjust and make an impact immediately, how can that help Tennessee's coaches and what they're calling and what they want to design with the defense?
2: I think they can, you know, they have the luxury to uh, open some things up, try, try some more stuff from the outside, maybe dial it up, bring on a blitz from the outside, maybe more corner blitzes because you know that a guy in the middle, whether it be Daniel Batuli or Henry Toltuo, can get the other seven guys in the box, you know, where they're supposed to be. Um, having linebackers that understand the game plan, know what's coming next, it's always a luxury because the linebackers tie everything together. I mean, it ties you know, the secondary together, the the defensive line together, and, you know, having Daniel Batuli back, you saw a little bit of that on Saturday, uh, that's key, but uh, just making sure everyone's on the same page just allows the defensive play caller, whether it be Pruitt, Ansley, just to to be able to have the opportunity to get a little bit more outside the box and uh, creative.
0: How about Quavaris Crouch, who is uh, seeming to get more playing time as the last couple of weeks have gone along. It would make sense against Chattanooga as well, but uh, what, what has stood out, to you about him, what is his potential as uh Crouch is still learning how to be a pass rusher on defense.
2: Yeah, he is. And Jeremy Pruitt said earlier in camp that the biggest thing for Guevara Crouch right now is, you know, he's lining up on offensive tackles. He ha- he hasn't gone up against many offensive tackles, you know, before and so he's learning how to take on a block, shut a block, you know, go around at hand placement, all that stuff. And really he's playing a defensive end spot. His role for Tennessee right now is essentially a defensive end in, in, in passing situations. So they have a buck formation, uh, you know, third down passing situations. And Crouch is in there, so he plays a lot of snaps. He played a whole lot, excuse me, against UTC on Saturday. And uh, I think he's improved in that nature, too. He gets upfield. He's got a good base with his feet. He does not give up his outside integrity. Uh, sometimes they will put a move on there when someone else has that outside gap, whether it be Schamburger or, uh, you know, if they're in money or or some type of nickel package, whether the DB has outside gap he will put a nice move on there, stick it, and go inside. He's got a high motor, and, I mean, he's thick. He's really strong to be so young. And so I've seen him improve in that regard week by week by week. But, I mean, you saw it crunch time, Josh, against BYU a couple weeks ago. When they had a passing it was third and what, you know, third and eight, third and nine, whatever it was on that long pass play. Roman Harrison, Colvarez Crouch were out there in crunch time, and I think you're going to see more and more of that throughout the season. And, you know, Daryl Taylor's your best playmaking type linebacker, defensive player on the other side. And so Tennessee runs so many specialized packaging outside of that. You don't see a lot of Kevon Bennett or DeAndre Johnson or at least you haven't seen much of them in the last two games. You've seen a lot of 27, a lot of 30 and, you know, rushing the quarterback and, you know, bringing in another defensive back. So I really do think that Claresh Crouch has improved a lot throughout the first month of the season and he's going to be a guy Tennessee counts on throughout the year. Eric Kane, you
0: can hear him every day on the starting lineup and on sports talk covering Tennessee football practice. What's going on with the Vols? Uh, Eric, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. I will wrap up today's show with a recruiting ranking update for you with where things stand with the Tennessee Vols. And Tennessee did lose the commitment of Luffy Jenkins a week ago. The defensive back, as we talked about earlier in the show, switched his commitment from Tennessee to Louisville. There was not a big impact on Tennessee's class with where things stand to this point. But I'll update you with Tennessee with its ranking and then how that compares to the rest of the SEC. If you look at the 247 sports ranking, Tennessee comes in at number 23 in the country. That's 11th best in the SEC. Rivals has Tennessee at number 25 in the country, still 11th best in the SEC. It's a reminder, there is a lot of work to be done. And a lot of those big names that we've talked about every week on the show are still hanging out there. But Tennessee needs more results on the field to try to go land those guys. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and Auburn are all ranked inside the top ten. You have A and and Florida inside the top sixteen, and then Arkansas comes in at number twenty-four. You have South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas in that nineteen to twenty-four range. That's six schools in six consecutive spots, twelve of the top twenty-four. As I say every week, it's extremely competitive in recruiting in the SEC, which means you need to get wins on the field in the SEC to try to find some kind of advantage out on the recruiting trail. This Saturday for Tennessee at Florida is huge. We'll see what happens on Saturday, and I'll be back on Monday talking about it right here on Football Futures every Monday from 7.30 until 8. Thanks for hanging out. The Big Orange Hotline is next.